Happy Thursday. Today is the second edition of my podcast version of the Thursday newsletter. Yes, I produce a newsletter every Thursday with the most important news of the week. And last week I started recording it via podcast so that you could listen to it instead of read it in front of your phone, tablet, or computer. Now stay tuned to the end for some listener shout outs. And if you want to get the newsletter via email, go to news.tonolatino.com. The added benefit is that I also send you an email every Monday, not with negative news, quite the opposite, with positive news. So I collect a bunch of positive news related to politics to start your week off right. I also want to highlight that if you ever want to learn more about the stories that I talk about, all of the links are in the newsletter. So all you have to do is visit news.tonolatino.com, go to the latest issue, and you will find the links that will direct you to the sources where I gathered all of this information. So let's get started. We're going to start off this episode talking about police violence because last Sunday... A police officer shot and killed Dante Wright, a black man. This happened during a traffic stop. And it also happened about 10 miles away from where the Derek Chauvin trial is going on for the killing of George Floyd. This has obviously generated protests. So there's hundreds of people coming out every single night to protest against police shootings, protest against what's going on and Derek Chauvin's lawyers used that to request that the judge in the Derek Chauvin trial sequester the jury. They didn't want the jury to be exposed to any kind of influence from these protests, uh, but the judge denied the request. So let, let's go back to talking about what happened on Sunday. According to the Brooklyn Center police chief, The officer who shot him, her name is Kim Potter, confused her taser with a gun. She shouted, taser, 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 but then she actually took her gun and shot right. And when that happened, you can hear her in the video saying, holy shit, I just shot him. She was initially placed on administrative leave and the town mayor wanted her to be fired. Later this week, she resigned from her position and the police chief did the same. On Wednesday of this week, Potter was arrested and charged with second degree manslaughter, but she's now out on bail. I'm sure a lot of you are wondering a lot of the same things that I am. We have to keep a few things in mind. This woman, Officer Potter, had been working for the police department for 26 years. She was actually training a younger officer on Sunday afternoon when they pulled Dante Wright's car over. Sadly, she's not the first police officer to confuse her taser with a gun. 
according to a study by the by the New York Times. In the past 20 years, there have been there have been at least 15 police officers that confuse their guns with their tasers or their tasers with their guns. Five were indicted and only three were found guilty. I have links in the show notes where you can learn a little bit more about how this happens. Tasers are shaped like a gun, but they have a very distinct color, theoretically, so that this doesn't happen. However, there's a great article by Mother Jones that highlights how there's such lack of training. Most police departments only do laser training for a single day, and then they do a couple of hours of refresher courses. But a lot of the training that they actually do, it's a lot more frequent, more repetitive, is firearm training. So it makes it more likely that a in a moment of, of high stress, a police officer is going to go for their gun rather than their taser. And we also cannot ignore the fact that black people are stopped a lot more than white people. And those interactions tend to escalate more. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. As I mentioned, there's been hundreds of people protesting. They're gathering outside the police department every single night to protest for the shooting of Dante Wright. Another link that I want to highlight in the show notes is a collection of useful resources in case you want to help demand justice for Dante Wright, write letters to legislators, uh, donate to funeral expenses, donate to the mother of his child, etc. So make sure you visit news.tonolatino.com to check them out. A second ago, I told you that we were going to talk a little bit more about police violence. And it turns out that this past weekend, another video went viral on social media. This was a different traffic stop. This was a different cop. But it's another example of the police abusing their power. This incident happened last December and it happened in Virginia. But you can see police stopping someone, a black man, because apparently they thought he had stolen the car he was in because it didn't have license plates. It didn't have license plates because it was brand new. The man that they stopped was a U.S. Army Medical Corps lieutenant. And the video is absolutely horrible. You can see them abusing him verbally and then pepper spraying him inside the car. Let me remind you again. They thought his car was stolen. This man was wearing his army uniform and clearly identifying himself as a U.S. Army lieutenant. They did not care and they pepper sprayed him while he was in his car. Those, uh, the police officer who fired the pepper spray has now been fired. But this is another example of what's happening in this country and what needs to be addressed. Now, in even more news related to police shootings, the one I just talked about is going to face repercussions. He got fired. But if you remember last year, there was an incident with a black man named Jacob Blake. He was shot in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and 
because of that, he's now paralyzed from the waist down. Well, guess what? The police officer who shot him is not going to face any repercussions. He's just going to go back to his job. In related news, earlier this week, the Biden administration announced that it's going to change plans and not fulfill one of their campaign promises of creating a national police oversight commission. Instead, what they're going to do is move forward with an effort to pass a police reform bill that's been named after George Floyd. Susan Rice, director of the Domestic Policy Council, said in a statement that based on close, respectful consultation with partners in the civil rights community, the administration made the considered judgment that a police commission at this time would not be the most effective way to deliver on our top priority in this area, which is to sign the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act into law. I would love to hear your thoughts. You can reach me on Instagram at tono.latino. Just write me a direct message and we can start a conversation. Let's change gears and talk a little bit about COVID and vaccine news. The most prominent news this week is related to the Johnson & Johnson vaccine and the fact that the CDC and the FDA recommended a pause in the use of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine because six women have developed an extremely rare disorder involving blood clots. This is six women out of almost 7 million people that have gotten the J&J vaccine. Now, the pause is not intended to be forever, but it could have a major impact on vaccine rollout because the J&J vaccine, the fact that it's a single dose shot, has been a great option for the harder to reach populations. Now, for people that are criticizing the decision for the pause, I have a great statement from Liana Wen. She's a doctor that participated in the J&J trial, and she says that federal health officials made exactly the right decision. With so much scrutiny on vaccine safety, an abundance of caution bolsters public confidence. In fact, I hope that people feel even more reassured about these vaccines because they're seeing how careful our regulatory agencies are. Now, I've included a lot of information in the newsletter. So if you want to know more about the Johnson Johnson vaccine pause, I highly recommend that you listen to a podcast by the New York Times, The Daily. And also I have an article that talks about what you should do if you got the J&J vaccine. And I must mention that the first step is not to panic. As I mentioned, six people out of almost 7 million got this rare reaction to the vaccine. You need to watch for the following rare symptoms. Increasing shortness of breath, abdominal or leg pain that doesn't go away, and a headache that doesn't go away. But plenty of other medications cause blood clots, and it's no cause for concern. So again, do not panic. Listen to the daily podcast episode and read the article that I included in the newsletter if you want to know more. In some sad news, or I consider them sad news, nearly 40% of U.S. Marines are declining the COVID-19 vaccine according to data provided to CNN. But in good news, Pfizer 
is going to deliver even more doses than they initially planned. And Moderna announced that their vaccine is 90% effective six months after the second dose, at least. So that doesn't mean that the vaccines are effective only for six months. It means that they're effective for at least six months because we only have six months worth of data. According to Ashish Jha, he's the dean of the Brown University School of Public Health. More realistically, these vaccines are going to be effective for at least a year and maybe multiple years. We will definitely need to keep an eye on this because today Pfizer CEO Ashley said that it's likely that people who got the COVID-19 vaccines are going to need a booster shot within a year and then maybe some annual vaccinations to keep protection against the virus as the virus evolves. So just get vaccinated now and keep an eye on this and we'll be good. This episode of Tono Latino is sponsored by our own store where every purchase helps us grow and also is eligible for a 5% donation to the nonprofit of your choice. The options are the NAACP Legal Defense and Education Fund, Voto Latino, a grassroots political organization that's focused on educating and empowering a new generation of Latino voters, March for Our Lives, fighting for sensible gun violence prevention policies, Fair Fight, an organization that promotes fair elections in Georgia and around the country, the Sunrise Movement, a youth movement to stop climate change and create millions of good jobs in the process, and Raices Texas, the Refugee and Immigrant Center for Education and Legal Services. Visit us at store.tonolatino.com. Let's switch gears again and discuss news related to voting rights. This is something that I've been bringing up for weeks. Now, while the United States Chamber of Commerce is actually pressuring senators to reject the voting rights bill known as For the People Act. Yes, the same bill that would make it easier for people to vote would make gerrymandering something done by nonpartisan groups, would eliminate dark money out of politics. Uh, yeah, that same bill apparently goes against the beliefs of the United States Chamber of Commerce. Now, this week, hundreds of companies and executives are opposing the voter suppression laws that we're seeing across the country. This comes after the example set by several black executives that spoke weeks ago. Now, hundreds of companies and executives, including Amazon, Google, Starbucks, Warren Buffett, etc., signed a statement and took out ads in the New York Times and other prominent newspapers opposing any discriminatory legislation that makes it harder for people to vote. Now, if you've been following me for a long time, you know how I feel very, very passionately about this. It should be very easy to help people vote. However, since the 2020 general elections, Republicans are trying to push new election rules in almost every state. As of March 24th, they have introduced 361 bills in 47 states. Let me repeat those numbers again. 361 bills in 47 states. They don't want to make it easier for people to vote. The more inconvenient you make it for people to vote, the less likely they are to vote. So if you feel a 10% of the passion that I feel about this, I have good news for you. I have a link 
in the show notes, which takes you to a toolkit created by a wonderful organization called Demcast. It includes information, pre-made social media posts that you can share on your networks and even has messages that you can customize and send to your senators, pressuring them to vote for the People Act. And speaking of the Senate, we're going to talk about the Capitol, specifically about the January 6th insurrection and a new report that came out that says that the police, the Capitol Police, were actually warned that Congress itself was the target, but they they were also ordered not to use their most powerful crowd control weapons. There was an intelligence assessment that came out three days before the attack that said that the planned gathering of white supremacists and militia members may lead to a significantly dangerous situation for law enforcement and the general public alike. Today, there was a hearing to discuss the report before the House Administration Committee. They probably talked about the fact that there's evidence that D.C. police requested backup at least 17 times in 78 minutes. There's a wonderful article that I'm going to link to in the show notes with a reconstruction that shows you the failures of planning and preparation that left the police severely disadvantaged during this attack. And one more thing that I want to add about January 6th, the Capitol Police officer who shot insurrectionist Ashley Babbitt uh, is not going to face any charges. Some additional news to keep on your radar from this past week. President Biden announced that there's going to be a full withdrawal of U.S. troops in Afghanistan by September 11th. That'll be the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks. Right now, there are more than 3,000 American troops in Afghanistan that were supposed to stay until May 1st. That was a deadline set by the Trump administration. Now, the CIA director, William Burns, told the Senate Intelligence Committee that the withdrawal poses significant risk because groups like ISIS or Al-Qaeda might try to build up their presence in Afghanistan and gain and, and plot attacks on U.S. interests. But Biden doesn't want to continue this this war that's been called the forever war. It's become a multi-generational war. There are people fighting in Afghanistan that weren't even born when these attacks happened. Now, if you want to read more about this, I have a link to Biden's transcript in the show notes. The Biden administration is gonna impose some serious financial sanctions against Russia because of their recent cyber attack on the United States the report that the Russian government offered bounties to the Taliban for killing U.S. troops and the Russian effort to interfere in U.S. elections since at least 2016. Now, the White House said that the sanctions were intended to impose costs on Russia for actions by its government and intelligence services against U.S. sovereignty and interests. There have been some important nominations by the Biden administration some of them that I want to highlight is Chris Magnus. He's a progressive police chief of Tucson, Arizona. He's been chosen to lead the Customs and Border Protection. And if he gets confirmed by the Senate, he is going to have to handle a record number of border crossings that is projected to rise even further in the upcoming months. Now, on the other hand, the Biden administration, specifically Vice President Kamala Harris, has been 
reaching out to Mexico, Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador to increase border enforcement. And the idea is to reduce migrant flows. Another nomination that I want to highlight is Robert Santos to lead the Census Bureau. He's currently the president of the American Statistical Association. And if he gets confirmed, he's going to be the first Latino director of the Census Bureau, something that we definitely want to celebrate. Now, if you want to read a little bit more about the drama surrounding Florida Trump boy representative Matt Gates, make sure you check the show notes at news.tonolatino.com. We have reached the end of the second podcast of the Thursday newsletter. I hope you like it. Don't forget, you can always reach me via email at hola at tonolatino.com, via Instagram at tono.latino. Send me a DM. I would love to hear from you. Speaking of Instagram, I want to shout out one of the people in my audience, Stephanie Schroeder, who's been having some great interactions with me over DM and reminded me that we need to focus our energy on making things better and not letting naysayers suck the life out of the room, out of our souls. And I just wanted to share that with all of you. I hope you have a fantastic week. I will see you again next Thursday. Bye.